I want to tell you today that uh, I, I've got a word for you. I, 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 I feel impregnated uh, this morning that uh, God has given me a word that you need uh, to get. Uh, and I was just thinking about uh, as we were just worshiping and uh, praising the Lord, uh, I want to deliver this message today in a way uh, that hopefully uh, will inspire you to tell somebody else uh, to go and listen to this word, uh, not because uh, the messenger uh, has anything important to say, but because the message and what God has to say uh, to us all uh, through this word. So take your Bibles, uh, turn to uh, Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 11 through uh, 17. Uh, I want to put a title on this text, uh, Walk This Way, Walk This Way. We kind of begin uh, here as we kind of get uh, on the end uh, of, of this spring uh, campaign, get ready to start summer. We kind of begin a, a kind of short, just two-part mini-series uh, uh, on looking at the life of, of Joshua, two significant events uh, that happened in his life. Last week, uh, being Memorial Day weekend, we kind of looked over at chapter 4 first, and so we're kind of running back this week to look at chapter 3. Last week we talked about uh, there are story in the stones. There are story in the stones. And what we simply meant by that is after they cross the River Jordan, uh, after they cross, uh, what, 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 what takes place is they, they put uh, in that Jordan some stones so that they would remember so that in years, generations, the grandmas and the grandpas and, and the great-grandmas and the great-grandpas, they, they would ask, what, what do these stones mean? And they would be able to tell them that, that these stones mean at this place there, there seemed to be an impossibility. There was no way that we could get across the river. At, at this place, it, it looked like a dead end. At this place, it looked like that we were going to die. At this place, it looked like life was over. At this place was a place we were fixing to throw in the towel. At this place, this was a place that looked like we were never going to make it out alive. But God interconnected with his people. And that God performed this miraculous event in parting of the Jordan. And so one of these days when the generations to come ask what these stones mean, I want you to be able to tell them. I want you to be able to tell them that uh, that was where God met us, and that was where God blessed us, and then that was where God allowed us to overcome. And you know, today I, I wouldn't say that many of us have stones set up in our backyards, or, or many of us probably wouldn't call them stones, but uh, everybody sitting here in this place today, you have got some stones of remembrance in your life. You've got some places where you didn't think you were going to make it. You didn't know if Monday was going to come. You, you, you didn't know if you was going to get to the end of June, or you didn't know if you were going to get out of the 1968, or, 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 or you didn't know that you'd make it to the next day. But you, you got a place now that you can look back and you can say, hey, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, but it was God. It was God that interconnected. It was God that took those steps with me. It was God that blessed me and kept me going. You know, all of us here today, we didn't get here by ourselves. And I know some of us, we've had a more silver spoon life than others of us. I mean, some of us have had to go through some stuff. We got anybody here today, some herders in here? Just say, that's me. Say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I mean, we got some folks that's gone through some stuff. I, I mean, some people that, that have gone through some things in life, but here you are in God's house on the Lord's day. You're still serving God. You're still serving God. And so you have a place where God has met you.
And so last week we, we looked, being Memorial Day, it's a time to remember, we, we kind of look back at the past and the present and the future about how uh, God has been making a way for us and that uh, when our children do uh, ask us, we ought to be able to tell them what it was like to get baptized. We ought to be able to tell them what it was like to get saved. We ought to be able to tell them what it was like to, to count the pennies and put them in penny wrappers and, and go to the store and give them the penny wrappers. Anybody ever gone to the store and gave them penny wrappers? Anybody ever, ever just had some bean soup and cornbread like for three days in a row? Anybody here ever lived off some bologna sandwiches? How about tomato sandwiches? How, how about miracle whip between some white bread? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm talking about some time in your life that you know that you didn't have, you didn't always have a ribeye. You couldn't always go to Outback. Sometimes all you had was miracle. You put enough miracle whip on anything, it may not be good for you, but it tastes good. Amen? I used to have Miracle Whip sandwiches growing up, so, so I want you to just kind of understand something about last week. We looked at a place where God interconnected with man, and so now we're going to just kind of see this week uh, how it is that they got there. And I want to put a, a, a tag, walk this way, or really walk in his way, walk in his way. You know, uh, there's a lot of amazing things that happen in life, and there's this story about these three men, and, and they're hiking, and they come up on this raging river, and they need to get to the other side, uh, but they don't know how they're going to get to the other side. So this first man says, God, give me enough strength to cross the river. He says, God, give me enough strength to cross the river. And poof, God gives him big arms and strong legs, and he swims across the raging river, and it takes him two hours, but he makes it across the river. Seeing this, the second man prays, God, give me the strength and the tools to cross this same river. Poof, God gave him a rowboat, and he rows across the river, and it takes him about 90 minutes, but he makes it also. And so seeing this, the third man says, God, give me some strength and the tools. And then he mentions the word intelligence to cross the river. And poof, God turns him into a woman. She looks at the map, hikes upstream 50 yards, and walks across the bridge. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes women uh, are uh, smarter. Friends, we got to believe that um, God gives us strength. God gives us tools. And God gives us wisdom to overcome a lot of things in life. And when it comes to church, a church and a bicycle and airplane, they, they have one thing in common. If ever they stop moving forward, they will be in big trouble. And many of us want God to do great things in our life. But oftentimes we don't know how to walk. We don't know how to be obedient. We don't sometimes know uh, which way to go. I don't know if this is still true, but uh, there was a lady named Patricia Agnes of Jacksonville, Florida. And she actually hired a taxi at $1 per mile to go from Jacksonville, traveling 10,000 miles, to go up into Alaska. And she actually became Ripley's Believe It or Not for that travel that she took. You know, some people will do anything they can to travel from one place to another. And so this morning, the question would be, how much will it cost you? How much will it cost you? to get from one place to another. And I'm not talking about necessarily geographically. I'm not necessarily talking about financially. I'm not talking about 
physically, but perhaps more so spiritually. Sometimes there's a cost in life to understand what it means to walk with God. And so this morning out of Joshua 3, we're going to stand and we're going to read verse 11 through verse 17. Let's stand this morning in honor of God's word. This is the inspired word of God. In this word is the power to change lives. Joshua 3, verse 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over the Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come into the Jordan and all the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water for the Jordan overfloweth all its banks all the time of harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and they rose up and a heap very far from the city of Adam that is beside Zertan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, fell and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over the Jordan. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we, we thank you for your word. And then Lord, as we look at a story in scripture, a story that has songs written about it, and teachers have taught about it, and preachers have preached about it, Lord, I pray for just a few moments, Lord, that uh, I would decrease so that you could increase, that we would not hear merely a word about you, but Lord, we would hear a word from you. And that, Lord, today we would understand the importance of walking your way. And it's in your powerful, mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The children of Israel are standing in a familiar place. The children of Israel are standing in a familiar place because 40 years prior, their parents had stood in the same place. They were on the brink of breakthrough, but they had had a breakdown. They had actually had a faith failure. And it's interesting to contrast how different the two crossings of the Israelites really was. You see, the first one was salvation from Egypt. It was all about grace. The first time, 40 years earlier, it's all about salvation from Egypt. It's about deliverance. It's about getting out of Egypt. But then they come to the Jordan and they fail that test. And 40 years later, possessing the land is not about escaping Egypt. It's not about living on grace, but it's all about faith. 
They had forfeited their promise the first time, but they were still God's people. And, and he cared enough for them, and he sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness till all the doubters died off. I'm going to put a coin in the meter and park here just for a moment this morning because I, I, I didn't get this to this morning, but, but, but I thought about this because 40 years earlier, they were living on grace of God. They had been in captivity in Egypt. And I thought about that because a lot of us, sometimes we live on grace. I, I mean, I mean, sometimes the, the person you've married, I, I mean, it's grace. They, they, they should have never married you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, ain't nobody saying nothing, but uh, I didn't say which way that went, but I'm just saying. Some of us hear the money we have, the jobs we have, the cars we have, the houses we have, the health we have, the finances we have, the, the retirement accounts we have. Sometimes we, we, we know it's been about grace of God. I, I, mean, I mean, some of the places we've been able to get to in life, some of the things we've been able to do in life, some of the things we've been able to achieve in life has nothing to do with our faith, but it had everything to do with God's grace. I believe children a lot of times live on grace. Y'all remember how dumb you was as a child? I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to children or youth, but, but, but I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I, I remember, I'm not going to speak for them today. They may be more intelligent than me, but, but, but I remember back in the day, I mean, I was pretty dumb. I was pretty illiterate. I, I, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of mom and dad's home. And I, I mean, I just know that there was times in my life that God allowed me to live on grace. There, there were times in my life that I didn't even have a job, but I'd quit a job. There was times in my life that I didn't know, I, I didn't know where the manna was going to rain from. I, I didn't know how I was going to make it, but somehow, some way, God just got me to where he got me. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, living on grace. Some of us could have died off a long time ago. Some of us have overcome some addiction. Some of us had some doctor meetings and the doctor said, hey, you ain't going to make it. Some of us have, have, have been on drugs and we thought we'd never get off drugs. Some of us have been uh, addicted to this or addicted to that. And some of us never thought we were going to make it. But somehow we've been able to make it because we were living on grace at that time. Now, we, we wouldn't have called it grace, but God's grace was just sustaining us. It was God's grace that, that kind of got us out of the hospital. It was God's grace that, that got us through 79 or 83 or 94 or, or the pandemic or whatever whatever it was. It was just kind of God's grace. But one thing I've noticed is that God's grace, sometimes it's all about God, but sometimes God's grace turns into the people that have to have faith. Sometimes God will no longer do for you what you can do for yourself. And sometimes you've got to have faith to live this life. And what I mean is, is, is sometimes it, it's good when you're living on God's grace and God's showing up and God's delivering and the checks in the mail and the bills are paid and there's roses on the, on, on the table. And I, I mean, God's just blessing, but sometimes grace kind of begins to fade. You live enough life and I promise you this will happen to you. And all of a sudden God's grace will go to faith you got to learn to live on faith. We talked a little bit about this this past Wednesday night. Sometimes when it comes to God, you just got to start showing up. Sometimes you ain't always going to feel like it. Sometimes you, yeah, everything ain't going to be right in your life. Sometimes it's going to be about faith. 
And so this morning, I, I want us to kind of just, just, just unlock a few things, and I want to take a minute to, to talk to some people that, that are unlike that, that, that previous generation, but, but maybe there's some people here today that you want to get all that God has for you. You want every promise. You want every blessing. You, you, you want God to show up. You want everything that God ordains for your life. And so you're not going to let go. You're not going to give in. You're not going to give up. You're not going to give out. I want to talk to some people that want to that fight like Caleb did, who was 85 years old when he said, hey, give me this mountain. And that's the kind of faith that we got to have. Is there anybody here that just wants what God has promised them? That you're willing to fight for. You, you, you're you're going to say to the mountain, give me this mountain. Is there anybody here who refuses to settle for less than what God wants you to have? So here's, here's the first thing. I, I would do a disservice this morning if I didn't tell you that every promise that God makes oftentimes will come with a price. There's no victory without a fight. There's no testimony without a test. There's no crown without a cross. There's no resurrection without a crucifixion. There's something you'll have to go through sometimes to get to the promise. You see, before Joseph went to the palace, he had to go to the pit. And he not only went to the pit, he, he also went to the prison. Before the three Hebrew boys were promoted, they had to go through the fiery furnace. And between the children of Israel and their inheritance, their promised land, there was this river called the Jordan. We know that it is at flood stage. We need to know that the word Jordan means the descender or the one that takes you down. That, that's what the Jordan intended to do. It intended to take God's people down, to kill their dreams, drown their faith. Even in the most of our songs, the Jordan River is used to describe death. There is a Jordan for every one of us. Your Jordan may be different than my Jordan, but one is the same in the fact that it stands in the way of you receiving your promise. And sometimes you can't float over on your feelings. Feelings won't get you across. I mean, you can't just some kind of think your way across. Sometimes you just can't even uh, necessarily uh, believe your way across. The one thing that can conquer Jordan is living a life of faith and serving a living God. And as the children of Israel stood at the edge of this raging Jordan River at flood stage, the captain Joshua gave the priest that carried the Ark of the Covenant a strange order. He says, I, I, I want you to start walking. He says, I, I want you to put one foot in front of another. You got to start moving in the direction. I want you to walk this way. you got to start moving in this direction in order for you to get your promise. You can't go by what you're seeing. You can't go by what you're hearing. You can't go by what you're feeling. You can't go by what people are saying. But I want you to start moving. It's time to take off the training wheels. It's time to Toss aside the pacifier. It's time to get rid of the crutches. It's time to move from sight to faith. It's time to move from I hope so to I know so, from a time of milk to a time of meat. In other words, this time you're going to have to get your feet wet. This time I'm not going to just deliver you like I did from Egypt, but this time you're going to have to step into the water. 
I mean, I know it doesn't look like much. I, I, I know it looks like you're going to drown. I know there's some doubters in the group, but this time you're going to have to get your feet wet. It may sound crazy. It may not make sense. I know this Jordan is up there, flood stage. It is raging, but I want you to just simply step out and pay the price. You know, I, I thought about that, and there's a lot of things in life that are difficult and hard. You know, sometimes it's hard to show up to church, amen? You know, I was talking to somebody last week, and I, I mean, I could name you in this place today, three or four. I, I, I've had people lose a loved one, uh, and they had to show up for church the next week. Man, that takes, that takes a lot, because sometimes you don't feel like it. I've had people go to prison or to jail on like a Thursday or Friday night, and some of you watched them on TV, and you're calling me like, Pastor, what are we going to do? Do you know? Do you know? And they had to show up here. I've had all sorts of situations. And I say all that just to, just to make a point. And sometimes it's not going to feel like it. It's not going to look like it. It's not going to make any sense. But sometimes the action of God is going to be against all normal responses. You're, you're not always going to wake up on Sunday morning and want to be here for one reason or another. But sometimes you've got to learn to take and put one foot in front of another. you got to learn to just simply get in the water. Sometimes everything's not going to be perfect in Christianity. Everything's not going to be right in your life. Everything's not going to always work out. Sometimes you just simply got to show up. And if you show up and you show up and you show up and you show up and you show up long enough, all of a sudden faith becomes forsaking all. I trust him. And when you show up long enough, all of a sudden God begins to bless you. And God begins to show you some things about him that you would never, ever imagine. The one thing I've learned about God is I think you learn a lot more about God in the darkness than you do the light. You know, if you're running around and you got plenty of money, nice cars, nice houses, and you're at the Disney World of life, you don't learn that much about God. But it's in those darkest places where you don't feel like it, it doesn't look like it, Everybody else is saying, hey, why, why do you go to church? Why do you still serve God? How, how can you go through what you went through and still serve God? I know today, I ain't calling any names because I don't want to be personal, but I know today there's some people here that showed up when they didn't feel like it. They showed up when it was hard in life. They showed up when they didn't have the money. They showed up when they didn't have the gas for the car. But somehow they said, if I can get to church today, I'm just hoping the preacher there will have a word. I'm hoping the music will touch me. I want to be inspired. I want to be encouraged. I want to encounter the living presence of Almighty God. Amen. Now, some of y'all don't get that, and I understand that, because some of y'all, it's just, it's just a church thing. But if you ever get to a place where it's more than a church thing, it's a worship thing. It's a, I come to meet with the Lord. I didn't come to see who's cooking hot dogs, or I didn't come to see what kind of donuts they got or what kind of bagels they got, but I come to meet with Almighty God. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to serve notice of the people in front of me and behind me. Everything ain't always right in my life, but I'm still going to show up. I might show up a limper. I may show up in a wheelchair. I may show up on crutches. I, I may show up on a walker. I don't always feel like showing up, but I'm going to show up because I serve a living God, and I know if I show up long enough by faith, God will show me some things. You see, we love living on grace. 
And grace is just when you're just, everything's good, you're blessed. And it don't take much when you're living on grace. God's just giving you unmerited favor. And, and, and that's what he did 40 years previous. He, he gave him unmerited favor. But when it's difficult in life, when you got a diagnosis or you're sick or you don't feel like it, all of a sudden faith has got to go into action. And so the priest here, they get down to the edge of the water. They got to get their feet wet. And we have to understand when you come to the Jordan in order to get across, you, you begin to live on his word. You see, when you've got a word from God, you can sleep like a baby in the den of lions. When you've got a word from God, you can walk through fiery furnaces. You can get through impossible situations. When you've got a word from God, you can take down a Goliath with a piece of leather and a rock. When you've got a word from God, you can take a lad's fish dinner and you can feed thousands of people. You see it at God's word. You see that? that? That's the one thing a lot of people can't understand is that when it comes to God's word, we need to understand that weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, I understand enough about life right now to know that life's hard. I understand enough about life right now to know that there's going to be times in your life that are going to be difficult. But listen, I've done read enough of God's word. I've done seen enough of God in my past and in my daily life to know that, hey, everything ain't always going to be right. I don't always have to agree with God. I may have my doubts. I, I may even sometimes argue at how God does it. But listen, I know God's word, and I'm going to live on God's word. Let me prophesy to somebody just for a moment who has the faith to reach out and just simply grab hold of it. Somebody might be one step away from a miracle. You may be one step away from a breakthrough. You may be one step away from a blessing. And sometimes you got to understand that God just wants you to step out. God ain't always going to do it for you. He, he wants to see if you love him and trust him enough to just move in action. Psalms 114 and 5, David was meditating on this very miracle one day, and he said this, What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest, thou Jordan, that thou was driven back? The Message Bible, Polk County Version, kind of makes it a little more down to earth for us. What's wrong with the sea? that you ran away, and your river Jordan that you turned and ran off. You see, all of us have got some things that could be chasing us, in fact, threatening to drown you or to take you under. It may be debts, it may be sicknesses, it may be fears, it may be bad relationships. All of us have got things that are constantly chasing us, and sometimes they they plague us, and sometimes our mind is on a whole lot of different things. Poverty and lack. Are you going to run from you, or are you going to let it take you over? Sickness and disease, we can send that to flee, and hopelessness and discouragement, we can send that to flee, and worry and anxiety, we can send that to flee, and 
But we've got to realize that, it, that it's God. In Deuteronomy 28 and 7, The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way, but they shall flee before thee seven different ways. And the Bible lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. The Bible lets us know that he who is for us, how can there be anybody against us? The Bible lets us know that all things are possible to those that believe. You see, you need to understand that there might be a price sometime to pay for the promise, but we need to understand that if we get to God's word, we need to understand God's got a word there for us. And in those moments of trials, tribulations, and troubles, and destructions, and discouragement, we need to get to God's word. And we need to understand that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. All we got to do is walk his way. So there's a price for every promise. We got to live by his word. And thirdly, we need to understand the miracle is not in the knowing or even in the believing. Sometimes the miracle is in the doing. It's in the doing. You see, sometimes the main thing is just simply to keep moving, to keep moving. Don't, don't, don't sit down. The Bible says that the priests that were bearing the ark, they stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. Then they were where it is impossible to go, doing what it was that was impossible to do. See, here's what I want you to get today. Sometimes our faith allows us to overcome, and we have an example of both of these in this story. And sometimes our faith allows us to cross over. But sometimes, just like these priests, you will know how mature you really are when you are in the middle of something. I mean, before we get to chapter four, I'm talking about chapter three. I'm I'm talking about when you are in chapter three, before you get to chapter four, you are moving through the Jordan. You're in the midst of the storm. I mean, mean, what an awesome sight this would have been to see these rivers go up like that on the sides and, and you're walking through on dry ground and this is at flood stage. But listen, you know you are somebody that is tight with the Lord when you can praise God in the midst of whatever that you're in. Amen. We hint at this sometimes during messages, but I, I, I think sometimes some of the strongest messages, like I say, you don't get a testimony without a test. You don't get a miracle without a mess. And sometimes in life, I've, I've, I've done learned enough, and that's why I always say this nowadays, that, that everybody isn't going to overcome, and everybody's not always going to make it to the other side. But you've got to learn to praise God in the midst of whatever it is that you find yourself going through. You know what? It won't be easy. I can tell you right now, there's been plenty of times in my life that I didn't feel like praising God. There's been times in my life that I didn't feel like going to church and I was a preacher. Amen. How many of y'all never felt like going to church? Yeah. Three of y'all, the rest of y'all, y'all were 
first ones in line. Listen. But here's what I want you to understand. That if you just simply show up, ever since Wednesday night, I've, I've, I've just got this on my mind, that, that, that you just got to show up. Because when you show up long enough and you learn to praise God in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, you will find God to be steady. You will find God to be sure, and he will be steadfast. I'm going through the worst trials of my life, but you can still praise God anyhow. If you're going through uh, financial difficulty, you can still praise God anyhow. If you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you can still praise God anyhow. If you're going through the valley of something going on with your family or with your job or, 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 or whatever is taking place, you can still praise God. Hello, Paul and Silas. In the midnight hour in the jail, they were still able to praise God. I love this part as we kind of come to a close. The Israelites passed over on dry ground. And this is perhaps a part of that miracle that they, 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 they made it through, but there was no evidence that they were going to make it through. There was no guarantee when they put their feet in the water that God was going to move on their behalf, but they put their feet in the water and then they made a memorial of these stones that they could tell people, that they could be a testimony to people in the future that God showed up. They could tell their children and their grandchildren and their great-great-grandchildren that God interconnected with them and God blessed them. And in the midst of their worst of times and in the midst of their trouble, God Psalm through. And I want to close with this this morning, and I, I want you to hear me. If, you, if you've been sleeping, wake up the person next to you. I, I just want you to hear this. Listen. I want you to hear this. I, I, I mean, I, I want you to, if, if, you don't, if you didn't hear anything else, if this has been the worst sermon you ever heard, just, just, just hear this. People, whether you know it or not, they're watching you. People are watching you. And you know what? You, you, you can be fine here today, and tomorrow you can have some of life's biggest hardships hit you. And what people want to know is the same God that you serve when things are good, is he the same God when things are bad? The same God that you serve in the light, is he the same God that when it gets dark all around your life, when you had money, uh, God was good when you didn't have money, is God still good when you drove a car full, take a gas, is God good? Or when you drive a car that's on empty, is God still good when you foreclose a home uh, or you had a home all paid off, is God good no matter what direction your life is going? And you ought to be able to emphatically say that I serve a God. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. And you can look to my life. You can look to some of these stones. And my life may not be perfect, but the one testimony that I have for the world is that I'm going to serve God either way. And I know you hear me say it about every single week, but friends, our best days are not behind us. Our best days are in front of us. And today I live with a sense of, of emphatically knowing that my best days are ahead of me. And I don't know where I, or when I moved from grace living. I, don't get me wrong. I believe all of us live by grace. 
The fact that we woke up this morning is grace. The fact if God tarries this whole day and allows us to go to bed tonight will be grace. If you got a George Washington in your wallet this morning, that's grace. Amen? So I, I really don't mean to say that, that, that grace is totally erased. But I believe that sometimes God will begin to remove some grace. Because what God wants to know from you is that if he removes some of that grace, some of that unmerited favor, some of that I'm able to get up and I'm able to walk. I, I think that's why it says that he, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. Because God wants to test us. He, he, he can't always do it all for us. I mean, he can't always deliver them from Egypt. And, and, and like I say, they were down there 40 years ago and they didn't get through that time, maybe because they were too relaxed. They, 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 were, they were too used to God doing everything. So this time, God wanted them to move through. God wanted them to take an action. And so sometimes I want you to know when you're in the midst of your Jordans in life, that maybe you just need to move and you just need to put one foot in front of another and you need to go ahead anyhow. You need to show up for church anyhow. You need to read your Bible anyhow. You need to pray anyhow. You just need to keep doing it and you do it long enough. You'll see that God will bless you.